I, me. I need to talk about it with someone who's <laughs> not Travis. Because um, they didn't make Joel Kinnaman very hot in the first one. He was just kind of like generic, oh, no. like, dude. Um, oh, no. Fucking stunning in this film. Oh, no. You can't, you can't add in extra attractive men. You have Idris Elba, like, as your essentially lead, I'm assuming, based on the trailers. For, for, for the most you part. You can't add more attractive men than that. It's too much. It everyone gets overwhelming. In, everyone in that movie is is beautiful in their own way. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, you got Margot Robbie, obviously, slam dunk. Yeah. The guy that plays Polka Dot Man has... I, I don't know. I... <laughs> It's a quality. Um, but I think the standout, like, not Joel Kinnaman hot man in that movie was Flew Laborg, uh, who played Javelin, was not expecting this weird German man <laughs> to be really fucking hot. Uh, I think I audibly gasped. Oh, no. Oh, this bodes well. Um, so, yeah, I think, I mean, I know you'll enjoy it. Uh, that's not at all. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I guess you can make an argument for, like, Polka Dot Man feeding into this phonetically. Uh, topic wise but oh <laughs> yeah um i thought we were talking about a murder mystery and also- oh we're not talking about a murder mystery didn't i tell you i mean you mentioned that it felt too long for a mini but too short for an episode but you never like mentioned you were not gonna do it oh yeah no i gave up on that um yeah that's fine i will i'm sarah by the way i'm emily this is afternoonified we're doing a mini about irish folklore <laughs> could it be a very irish heavy season i'm not doing the the murder mystery um because it ended up being too long for a mini and too short for an actual episode, and it's kind of a fucking bummer because um, the too long didn't read on that is that a uh, a twenty year old wife of a air forceman was murdered on a train in Oregon, and uh, a white dude who had a history of uh, sexual harassment accusations was standing over her covered in blood and he's like i saw a black van did it and then a black van died <sighs> anyway i sent you the link to the article i mean it's um, uh oh yeah i never read it because i thought it would spoil me but um no I, I mean it's a it's a fascinating story but it is one of those like oh this man covered in blood standing over the still bleeding body of this young woman <laughs> clearly murdered her and they uh arrested and um I'm sorry, you don't believe the upstanding white man? He wasn't an upstanding white man. He had just gotten released from the Marine Brig. Like, he wasn't even, like, a Clinton. Anyway. Um, not with this episode. Does it not? not with this. It's, I want to say the article is called, like, the murdered Oregon train bride or some something did very this, strange. Um, take place? Uh, the... 50s okay Thir- between the 30s and the 50s old-timey days yes but we're gonna do something light um literally i mean i checked a book out from the library from the children's section so it's gonna be quite light that's adorable they have the best mythology books there because they're not like overly scholarly and like jerk off motion uh <laughs> but you get the the gist of the story so, um, a little bit of background. This is a story about a puka, which is a, uh, in Celtic folklore, it's kind of like a goblin, but it can also take the form of several animals, and it either, like, fucks with people who have been jerks, or it, um, it rewards people who have been nice. It's kind of ambiguous. I think it's one of those catch-all, like, if some yeah. weird shit happens, oh, it is a puka. 
So I've always kind of associated them with like the Fae, but yeah, they're slightly different than that. Yeah, they're uh, but same kind of overarching concept. Yeah, as far as I can tell, they're never malicious. I mean, they are, but not like vampires are malicious. You know, that very classic Celtic folklore figure, the vampire. (laughs) I mean, the first Dracula was written by an Irishman. It's true. So, yes. And uh, feel free to correct my pronunciation on anything um, since you've inhabited the space. I mean, uh, did I take Gaelic lessons while I was in Ireland? Technically. Did I attend every class? No. I'm still taking, like, doing Spanish Duolingo after the taco episode, so I don't really have enough time or brain space to try to make up for what I'm going to do to the language here. (laughs) Uh, So this is the story. Oh, what book is it from? Uh, Celtic Tales by Kate Forrester. It's a cute book. The illustrations are actually really nice. I like the art style. All right. So it's called the Kildare Puka. Kildare. Yes. I'm pretty sure I've been there. Let me just refresh my memory. Go ahead and keep talking. Once upon a time, there was a big manor house in County Kildare, whose owner was often out of the country on business. When he was away, the servants were left alone to keep up the house, and sometimes they would let things go a bit more than they would have if their master had been home. But as if the kitchen were rebelling against being left in disarray, the servants would often hear at night a frightful banging of the kitchen door and clattering of fire irons, pots, plates, and dishes. The longer this went on, the more terrified they all became, and none of them dared to enter the kitchen after the fire had died down for the night. One evening, they sat up ever so long by the fire, however, telling each other stories about ghosts and fairies. They talked so long that the little scullery boy fell asleep right there, curled in the hearth. Which, as I read this, I realized that I don't think I know what a hearth is. I assumed fireplace. That's what I thought. But if he's in the hearth. I mean, I guess if there's not a fire there, like a currently a fire, it would probably like it's sheltered. And I don't know. I'm I don't know. Are you looking up what a hearth is? Of course, I'm looking up what a hearth is. A hearth is the floor of the fireplace or the area in front of a fireplace. So it's like the... Okay. Yeah. So yeah, it's like right in front of... Yeah. Um, I guess it, you, the way you say that is in the hearth, though. I don't know. Uh, this, this little bitch, uh, he did not wake when they all tramped off to bed. Later, after they were all gone, he was woken by the noise of the kitchen door opening. Startled and suddenly afraid, he peeped out from the hearth, and what should he see but a big donkey standing, in, standing and yawning before the dormant fire. The boy was about to come out from his hiding place and lead the animal back to the barn when he saw it look around, scratch its ears, and say, I may as well begin first as last. That's a weird way to phrase it. Donkeys don't talk. No, they don't. And I'm guessing that uh, dialogue would have sounded better with an Irish accent, but we're not doing that. Most likely. No. Please don't try. Uh, I can't. (laughs) Uh, The poor boy's teeth began to chatter, for now he knew that it was no ordinary donkey, but a puka. (gasps) in a pail of water from the pump and filled a big pot which he put on the fire after that he lay down before the fire so close by the scullery boy that he dared not breathe at last the pot boiled and the puka arose again and began a flurry of activity there wasn't a plate or a dish or a spoon in that kitchen that he didn't fetch and put into the pot 
He washed and dried the whole set, as well as any kitchen maid, and put them all up on the shelves again. This is a convenient creature. Please come to my house. Clean all my silverware. This is not just an activity you do. Just clean the silverware. <laughs> Throw them all in a big bowl and then clean them and then put them back. Yeah, my my target silverware. Uh, so then he gave the floor a good and thorough sweeping. I assume with his tail because that's the cutest mental. Image. I mean, that is very cute. Also, imagine a donkey standing on his hind legs holding a broom. That's oddly terrifying. Uh, I, I like to picture more of a Cinderella situation. <laughs> or I guess that's more Snow White. Uh, Cinderella just had mice. And birds. Anyway, uh, for sweeping. The last thing he did was to rake up the fire. And finally he walked out just as nonchalantly as he had come, giving the door a good slam as he went. <laughs> like a passive-aggressive mom. <laughs> well, there was a hullabaloo. Her word, not mine. The next morning, when the poor scullery, scullery boy told his story, servants could talk of nothing else the whole day. One said one thing, another said another, but one lazy scullery, scullery girl said the wittiest thing of all. Well, says she, if the puka does be cleaning up everything that way when we are asleep, why should we be slaving ourselves for doing his work? <laughs> I mean, Yes. If someone is going to come into your house and do all your chores for you, why would you do your chores? It's like cleaning before the cleaning lady comes. Exactly. Anyway, not a bit of a plate or a dish saw a drop of water that evening, and not a broom was laid on the floor. Everyone went to bed soon after sundown. This is definitely going to backfire, right? Eh. Next morning, everything was fine as fine in the kitchen, and the Lord Mayor might have eaten his dinner off of the flagstones. Yeah, this story would definitely sound better in an Irish accent. It was a great relief to the servants, and everything went well until the scullery boy, who was now proud of his adventure and had forgotten all his fear, declared that he would stay up one night and have a chat with the puka. He waited by the fire, in plain sight this time, and to tell the truth, he was a little daunted when the door was thrown open and the puka appeared. But he plucked up his courage and said, Good evening, sir. Good evening, Hello. said the puka. If it isn't taking a liberty, said the boy, might I ask who you are and why you are so kind as to do half of the day's work for us every night? No liberty at all, said the puka. I'll tell you, and willingly. I was a servant in the time of your master's father and was the laziest rogue that was ever clothed and fed. So when my time came for the other world, this is the punishment that was laid upon me, to come here and do all this labor every night and then go out and sleep in the cold. It isn't so bad in oh. fine weather, but if you... Only knew what it is to stand with your head between your legs facing the storm from midnight to sunrise on a bleak winter night. God, imagine having I mean, to... that's Ireland half a year. <laughs> imagine having to do all of the work you did not do in life every night. <laughs> I am getting anxiety just thinking about it. <laughs> so the boy was moved and he said, Is there nothing we could do for your comfort, my poor fellow? Well, I don't know, says the puka, but I think a good quilted coat would help to keep the life in me on those long nights. Oh. I love this puka. <laughs> Why, then, would be the ungratefulest of people if we didn't feel for you and give you a coat, said the boy. So the next night, the boy waited for the puka again and delighted the creature by holding up a fine, warm horse's coat before him. Between the two of them, they got the puka's four legs in the coat and buttoned it down the breast and the belly, and he was so pleased that he walked up to the glass to see how he looked. <laughs> well, he said at last, I have a long road to travel tonight. I'm much obliged to you and your fellow servants. You have made me happy at last. Good night to you. As he was walking out, the boy cried, Wait, 
Sure you're going too soon. What about the washing and sweeping? Ah, said the puka. You may tell the others that they must now get their turn. My punishment was to last until I was thought worthy of a reward for the way I had done my duty. Now you'll see me no more. Psych. No more they did, and right sorry they were for having been in such a hurry to reward that puka. That's what you get for being kind. And that's a story about a puka. What a good story. And the moral is, don't reward anyone. Don't do anything nice for anybody. (laughs) The deed should be its own reward. (laughs) Well, that's what I got. It's it's no murder mystery, but it sure has a better ending. Yeah, I I prefer this, I think. All right, guys. Goodbye. Goodbye. We love you. For more podcasts like the one you just listened to, go to SoBelowMedia.com. This, this is As Above, So Below.